0: Hello, this is the Gathering My Thoughts MTG podcast and I'm Spencer. Thank you so much for listening. Today I'm going to be going over my predictions from Strixhaven and how they turned out, how right or wrong I was, as well as going over the Modern Horizons 2 predictions for the cards that will be showing up uh, in that set in the next couple of days here. Before we get started with that, let me gather my thoughts. Alright, so the first thing I want to do today is talk a little bit about my predictions for Strixhaven and how those turned out. Uh, I was, turns out, I was very wrong and also kind of right. So, let's talk about that really fast. First of all, in that uh, podcast, I said that I was going to make five predictions. And if you were paying attention, one of them was conspicuously left out. That is my fault (laughs) basically i started talking and getting all excited about different things that i expected to see and completely forgot to talk about the mystical archives so i can't really say if i would have been right or wrong because no matter what i say now it could be tainted by uh what actually ended up happening so we'll just cross that one right off the list and say i may or may not have been right about the mystical archives so that's kind of sad Other than that, though, my first prediction was related to Professor Onyx and the other professors at Strixhaven. I expected them to be main characters, legendary creatures, and for them each to have a name associated with some sort of mineral or rock or something like that. And I was mostly wrong about this. Professor Onyx actually is Liliana. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Anybody who did guess that correctly, my hat comes off to you because that's impressive. But as for me, uh, I guessed that there would be a lot of professors as sort of main characters and that they would have the names that I said that they would have. Turns out there was a cycle of professors uh, or rather deans from the Strixhaven colleges and that turned out kind of cool. They were MDFCs with two different deans, uh, one on the front and one on the back. Uh, but professor Onyx was not one of them. She was not included in that cycle and turns out, uh, she's actually Liliana. So yes, I was right. There were going to be professors as main characters, but that's also not really a super difficult guess to make, uh, as a, in a, uh, college or university type setting. So we're going to put a thumbs down on that one. Uh, I didn't get that right. Um, The second prediction that I made was about the MDFCs. In previous sets, in Zendikar and in Kaldheim, the MDFCs had a theme. The Zendikar ones were lands on the back with whatever on the front, and the Kaldheim ones were mostly gods on the front with uh, various different card types on the back. And so I expected that Strixhaven was going to have a theme of spells on the front and creatures on the back to sort of symbolize like learning and growing in school where you... Uh, start as having like a knowledge of these certain kinds of spells that ultimately turn into more of a full-blown uh, magician. So not only were there no MDFCs in the entire set that were spells, meaning instants or sorceries on the front with creatures on the back, there also wasn't even really a theme as far as I could tell of what uh, what the MDFCs all had in common. There were a couple of cycles of cards um, that all sort of belonged together. Or were related to each other. That were MDFCs. But there there was no like all of them had you know this characteristic. So uh, so I was wrong about that one as well. Unfortunately. However this next one I am proud to say that I was correct about. I said that we would not see a gingitaxius or any other sort of Praetor on Strixhaven. And so far as far as we know that is true. We didn't get any cards for those, but something is going to happen with those characters because we just heard about a historic anthology that has all five of the original praetors in it, as well as a secret layer with those same cards. So it seems unlikely that Wizards would uh, make a big deal out of Vorinclex in Kaldheim and then these other old praetors in uh, historic anthologies, etc. cetera, unless they were going to go on to become relevant to the story uh, coming up here pretty soon. So I'm excited to see what that is and also happy to say I was right. No Taxius in Strixhaven. Lastly, I sort of made a multi-part prediction about what the different colleges were going to be like. Uh, I said that the Lorehold College was about artifacts, the Silverquill one was going to be about enchantments, the Witherbloom one was going to be graveyard-themed, the Simic one was going to be a Spellslinger faction, and the Prismari one was going to be tribal elementals. And there were elements of all of this that I did get correct, um, but a lot of them I was wrong about. Like, for example, uh, the Silverquill College pretty much not about enchantments unless you count that the common or the uncommon legendary creature Killian would be a good commander or a good uh, card in a black white auras deck technically that is true Uh, and so I was sort of kind of right about that but not maybe not Uh, close enough there. Red White, the Boros or the Lorehold faction was kind of about artifacts, but also not really. But there was really a lot going on. Witherbloom was not really about graveyards. It was about life gain. And I'm actually really happy about that because that's a really fun twist on uh, that color pair. The Simic College was not technically about spells, but if you played a lot of draft or a lot of standard with that color pair, you do end up casting a lot of spells with it uh, because the you were able to make fractals based on the number of instants and sorceries you have, or or there are instants and sorceries that make fractals based off of other uh, variables and things like that. And So the fact that there just so happened to be a lot of uh, spell slinging cards in that faction made me sort of kind of right, but technically, it's more about a token strategy uh, or 1-1 or one, one counters even. Um, and then I did say that the Prismari was going to be tribal elementals. That's technically not true. But there are a lot of cards that make elementals in Prismari. Otherwise, it's just mostly a spell slinging faction, kind of what we're used to with it. But it does feel a little bit unique from uh, old iterations of it. And so those were my five-ish predictions and how right and wrong I was uh, about how they turned out. Next, I want to move on and talk about Modern Horizons because this is the exciting stuff coming up. I have a lot of thoughts uh, and I have to get them out here before spoilers start basically in five minutes. Um, So, but I need this record to say, you know, what I was actually predicting about this set. And there's a lot going on basically so far. We have a couple of spoilers. Uh, We've seen the box art um, and uh, I think. Mark Rosewater's teaser is out as well, but I'm going to be ignoring that for purposes of this podcast uh, because that just came out yesterday and my predictions uh, were from before that. So here is what I have to say about this. Modern Horizons, we basically know the original one was like a time spiral or future site two kind of set. Basically, there's tons and tons and tons of... Uh, Keyword mechanics and lots of different things going on. It's supposed to be aimed more towards enfranchised players who kind of understand the game and are familiar with some of these keywords uh, and skips standard as well as historic and pioneer and just goes straight into modern, legacy, vintage, commander and other old uh, formats like that. So with that in mind, my first prediction about this is going to be that Modern Horizons 2 rather than being like a time spiral three or whatever it's going to be a planar chaos two a sequel to the set planar chaos from uh, the time spiral block now planar chaos was a set where a lot of crazy things happened wizards experimented with color shifting abilities uh, and it was just sort of supposed to represent like Potential alternate realities for characters or colors or different things that happened in the Magic Universe up until that point. Mark Rosewater has said in the past that that has been a a huge problem for Magic. They don't really want to color shift abilities. They don't want to like try to justify severe bends or breaks uh, in order to make like an interesting card. And so if this is the case, they have to be very careful about how they uh, print these cards. But this is going to lead into my second prediction, because if you have like a bunch of alternate realities or potential uh, futures that we get from Planar Chaos, then there's a couple of interesting options uh, that we might be able to see in this set here. One of them is that if you remember back in... Original Zendikar, or maybe it was Battle for Zendikar, whatever it was, one of these Zendikar sets, the Zendikar natives um, used to worship these deities named Ula, Cozy, and Ameria. And those three characters uh, never really. Uh, had a card or anything because it turns out those were actually the Eldrazi Titans and over, you know, centuries the the actual characters were forgotten and the natives just worshipped uh, these sort of interpretations of these Titans as deities. So I think uh, in this set where there's going to be lots of different mechanics and different things all from Magic's past I think that uh, among many other mechanics, Eldrazi tribal Eldrazi maybe, or even just like Eldrazi, uh, color, like Eldrazi with colors kind of like devoid or maybe, I don't know, somehow I do think that Eldrazi are going to be an interesting, uh, theme in modern horizons too. Uh, and I think that it'll be based off of this idea of, uh, like alternate, what if Ula, Cozy and, Ameria were actual gods or actual characters or actual beings in the world. That would be a really cool thing, I think. So so that's predictions one and two. The first one is planar chaos. The second one so far, an Eldrazi theme based on an alternate uh, reality. The third one is going to step away from this idea a little bit and talk about some of the other mechanics in magic's history that I think deserve to show up uh, at least... Uh, make a, making a cameo appearance in the set, but ideally, hopefully uh, having some sort of card or group of cards that make them interesting for m- multiple formats. So, for example, in Kaladesh, one of the, the biggest complaints for especially commander players was that we didn't see an energy commander. Uh, there was lots of energy cards and not quite enough to make a really cohesive commander deck in two or three colors. Uh, But they, they were out there and it was a really cool idea and players really really wanted this to be something that they could build in commander. I think that Modern Horizons 2 and other Modern Horizons sets are the perfect opportunity for wizards to build even powerful legendary creatures. Um, with old mechanics that might not have a commander for them and put them into a higher powered set and make them more fun and more uh, available for commander players. So a couple of mechanics that I think would be really great candidates for this sort of treatment. Obviously energy would be a really great one, having an energy commander probably in uh, teamer colors or even soul tie colors, because both of those were uh, fairly common iterations of energy decks in standard once upon a time. Um, I also think that explore, it'd be really cool to have a, a Golgari or Sultai explore commander, uh, because that was a mechanic that has seen a lot of casual play and even a small amount of competitive play back when, uh, Ixalan was, was in standard. Um, but there's no real legendary creature that could, uh, helm a commander deck behind that kind of strategy. So energy, uh, explore i think that splice uh like splice into arcane was one from old kamigawa sets and splice into instant or sorcery showed up in modern horizons one i think that having a splice commander would be really interesting uh despite how i already kind of have a deck like that see my uh earlier my earlier podcast episode about uh ink Treader and flm but it'd be cool to have like an official you know splice into card um I think that emerge would be a really cool card, even uh, excuse me, a cool commander card, like having a legendary creature that cares about emerge or something like that. In uh, some more eternal formats like Pioneer, uh, there has been an emerge deck that uses phoenixes uh, as well as Eldrazi that sacrifice the phoenix and then the phoenix comes back and you get the you get both really big creatures. I think that would be a really really interesting card for Modern Horizons, having a legendary phoenix. Um, that also cares about Emerge, maybe in blue-red. And those are the official predictions that I want to make for Modern Horizons mechanics. I know there's going to be dozens and dozens of them. There's going to be so many that we see. But I expect to see a Legendary Creature for Energy, one for Explore, one for Emerge, and one for Splice. Those are my, my four predictions there. So keep an eye out for those. The other thing that I want to say about this that I think is supported, uh, or rather would support this three-color idea, because... So far, I've said I mentioned a lot of things that are, are three colors and in draft, sometimes drafting three color uh, factions can be kind of tricky, especially from a design perspective. But I think that there's one thing in this set that's going to make it very possible and it's related to my next prediction, so I want to go into it really fast. One of the only things that we knew about Modern Horizons 2 for a long time was that it was going to have the enemy fetch lands in it. And that is a really big deal because we haven't had a printing of uh, enemy fetch lands in a draftable set like this since modern Masters 2017, which is now four years ago. And before that, all we had was the original Zendikar printings. I think that in this set, chances are really good that we see enemy colored draft archetypes, which would sort of imply that it was a two-color drafting format. However, I also want to talk about cons of Tarkir which was the other set in uh, standard that had fetch lands in it. And Cons of Tarkir was an interesting set because it was actually a, an enemy, uh, enemy colored set where the draft archetypes were in enemy colors, but the fetch lands were in allied colors. And so it made it possible to run three colors fairly simply. And in fact, that was one of the reasons why uh, Wizards doesn't really like uh, Fetchlands in Standard and things, and why we haven't seen them in Standard in a, long, in a really long time. They do have issues as far as play patterns are concerned with this sort of thing. But as far as draft is concerned, you can make three-color decks fairly easily. So, if we have a three-color energy uh, archetype, as well as a three-color, uh, let's say, explore archetype like I had mentioned before... Um, those are more possible with fetch lands than they would be in a in a set that doesn't have fetch lands because you can fix your colors really easily. Another thing that I want to mention that might support this theory is that there was on the box art for Modern Horizons, there's a character that is most likely Dakin Blackblade. And Dakin uh, was a character from a long time ago. He was a planeswalker. Uh And he was the original wielder as well as forger of the Black Blade, which was a sword that has had lots of history throughout Magic. But most recently, it was wielded by Gideon Jura uh, in the War of the Spark story. The thing about Daken is that his original card was actually Esper colors, which, as you uh, probably know, is a three color combination. And so I don't know enough about the character to say that if they would print his card again, he would be esper colors again but if he is then that means that three colors are maybe uh, more on the table for this set than they would otherwise be and again i think that fetch lands are the thing that really enable us to be able to have these uh, three color combinations so just to recap I think that Modern Horizons 2 is going to be like a sequel to Planar Chaos with a lot of different alternate uh, realities involved in that. We're going to have tons and tons of different mechanics, all from Magic's history, but one of them that is going to feature prominently is Colorless or Eldrazi, which we will be able to see from the perspective of uh, native Zendikari mythology rather than characters that we have seen before. Also, among those mechanics, I see expect to see a legendary creature for energy, for explore, for emerge, and for splice. Those are sort of my four wish list uh, mechanics, as well as uh, Eldrazi or whatever comes with that. And then last, or th- the the fourth thing, is that the set is going to be a three color draft set, uh, where thanks to Fetchlands, we'll be able to draft. Uh, three colors fairly easily, which will also open up some opportunities for some really cool uh, commanders and other cards that we can play. My last prediction is about reprints that I expect to see in this set. Now, Modern Horizons one had about seventy cards that were from outside of Modern because they were Legacy or Vintage or Commander cards, uh, but they weren't yet legal in Modern, uh, and they printed them into the Modern format so that they could shake it, shake it up a little bit. Uh, this set is assumedly going to have a similar thing, and I'm sure there's going to be a ton of them. But I have uh, two. Uh, categories that I expect to see the first one is a specific card and I want to talk about it for a second because it's cabal coffers now cabal coffers I think is the perfect modern horizons to reprint for right now because the card it hasn't been reprinted in a long time there's really high commander demand for it and not only all that but it won't even be that good in modern if you're playing fairly meaning one land per turn uh, in a mono black deck, and you play Cabal Coffers on turn one, and then Swamps for the rest of the of your turns. You don't actually net mana until you get to turn five or six. By then, the game is probably over, and so you can't really ramp into something really big and scary. And let's say that you use urborg Tomb of yagmoth to turn all of your lands into Swamps. Now you're not even netting mana until turn four, and again the game is probably over. If, however, you're finding a way to ramp more lands out and you can get a bunch of lands faster, you're probably still not going to net mana with, with Cabal Coffers until turn three, which might be good, but maybe not uh, up to modern power levels. And so I don't think that Cabal Coffers is even really good enough to be uh, game breaking in the modern format. But It's in desperate need of a reprint, and there's not a lot of other places that would be as good as Modern Horizons 2 to do it. So, my first prediction for Modern Horizons 2 reprints is that Cabal Coffers uh, will be in the set. I'd be willing to put money on it, mostly just because I want it that badly. The other reprint that I want is actually uh, a group of cards, and it's it's maybe the most far-fetched of my predictions so far, but I think that it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, the other cards that I want reprinted into Modern Horizons are the some of the Legendary Creatures from Jumpstart. Now, Jumpstart came out last summer, and so it might uh, be too soon for a reprint. Typically, Wizards doesn't reprint cards that soon, but they also printed those cards knowing that they wouldn't be legal in Modern, but those cards are probably safe or even uh, a really good fit into the Modern format. For example, Bruvac the Grand Eloquent would be a really great option for a mill deck that's sort of on the fringe of being playable and modern at all. Uh, and Muxus Goblin Grandy is another really great card that uh, would fit into a modern deck that already exists, obviously modern goblins, uh, but that deck isn't so strong that uh, it's dominating the meta or anything like that. It would just be a nice tool that you could use uh, for... Uh, that modern deck so I do think that there are a couple of really great cards uh, specifically the legends from that set that would be really great reprints Bruvac and Muxus are two that I really like Uh, Other options are like Emiel the Blessed I think is really good. Tiny Bones Trinket Thief is another one as well as Zerzoth Chaos Rider. And I know this isn't a Legend but Allosaurus Shepherd is also one of those that would go really good. So that is my, my final prediction. I want Cabal Coffers and some of those Jumpstart cards to be reprinted into Modern as well as I want the set to be a three color draft environment. Uh, Sort of tied together by a Eldrazi theme that is also uh, based on these uh, alternate realities uh, that come from other uh, stories or legends or things that you've heard about from uh, the, the lore in magic. So those are my predictions. Let me know what's wrong about them or what's right um you can go ahead and uh you know comment on these podcasts if that's available where you're listening to them or you can also read articles that i have written for cardgamebase.com a lot of them are commander focused but some of them are just my thoughts on different topics or uh some of them are upgrade guides or things like that but check those out as well or on instagram at uh d penguin again otherwise uh, look forward to seeing what these Modern Horizon cards actually are and pl- getting to play with them uh, once things open back up and, and things can kind of start to go back to normal. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.